welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to episode 37. Today, we're joined by a lovely guest, Christina, all the way from the United States. And she'll be joining us to share her story with us. To connect with her, you can reach her on Instagram at I am underscore Christina Nicole. Her details would also be in the show notes. So welcome, Christina, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here with you. Yay, thank you. And we met on Clubhouse. It was perfect. (laughs) I love Clubhouse. So um, (laughs) Christina, tell us a little bit about yourself, please, to start off. So I am um, currently a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a minister. I have um, two kids, two earthly kids, and I have seven angel babies. So they're in heaven. So sorry about your losses. It's it's okay. Thank you. And uh, can you please tell us about your journey to becoming a mom? Oh man, it that would take us twenty years to tell you. No, I'm. Um, it's actually been a nine-year journey. Um, we started, I started um, with actually losing weight in 2011, um, and I lost a lot of weight, lost about 100 pounds. And then in 2012, on a trip to St. Martin, mm-hmm. um, I told my husband, I, I think I might be pregnant, and we went on a family trip, even, even though I was married, we had to sneak and buy a pregnancy test and we took one and it was positive. Oh. So of course we're excited and everything. And then um, in December, I had my first miscarriage at 20 weeks. And then oh. um, five months after that, I found out I was pregnant with twins. Oh. Uh, we got to almost 24 weeks and then I had to deliver them as well. Um, and then after that, it was a lot of early pregnancy miscarriages. And so in total, we've had seven um, and it was, it was rough. It was hard. Um, but it, I learned a lot about myself, um, and, and the person that God created me to be. So, um, it was rough and hard, but I, I'm grateful now for the journey. And my quest in life is to try to help those make it through the same journey. If I can, you know, if I made it, um, so can others. Wow. We thank God for your testimony and for, you becoming who you are from that experience and yes, you're so amazing yeah because I remember you know we met like, like I said we met on clubhouse you encouraged yeah. me your words were always so nice and helpful and encouraging and inspiring so you're doing a wonderful job and it, honestly I wish I could accept <laughs> those kudos but mm. honestly and not to sound like super churchy or cliche but it yeah. was but God's grace that we made it through because mm. I literally almost lost my mind. I was so broken because in life, like that was the only thing I wanted. Yeah. I didn't want like, and I ended up going into ministry. I'm also a minister, but I didn't want to be in ministry. I didn't want spotlight. I didn't want, I just wanted my babies. Yeah. But he I, used the very thing I wanted to get my attention. Wow. Hallelujah. And God is God, God works in mysterious ways, yes, doesn't he? Does. Yes, he does. Yeah. He really does. How did you find support during that whole time, that whole journey of recurrent it, losses? And 
it was hard. Um, honestly, I was probably the only person I had ever known to go through a miscarriage um, mm. because that's not something we talk about no. um, here in our communities. And from what I hear in Clubhouse, it's something they don't talk about anywhere. It's something like yeah. nobody talks about it. And it was it's 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 amazing because as I laid in the bed to actually deliver my first child, my mother got into the hospital bed with me. And she told me she had one, you know what I'm saying? So like, mm. it's just amazing that so many women go through so many things and we, we just don't know. We don't think to tell that I did. I wasn't mad or anything. It was just something that she didn't tell. She probably didn't think I needed to know, yeah. um, but nobody talked about it. And so in terms of support, I relied heavily on my husband. Um, I am so amazed at his strength um, that he was able to help keep me together. Mm. Um, but then also uh, my church family, that was so important to be surrounded by believers mm. um, that would help continue to remind me of God's word over my life. Mm. Um, and then friends, and, and, and I hope we will probably get there, but it was difficult with friends because they didn't really know what to say. And there were days when I felt mad, like, why nobody calling me? But honestly, they just didn't know. You know, they didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to react. They didn't know. And so um, I had to learn to give them grace and the grace to, to be there. Um, but I also had to learn how to say what I needed. So if I needed someone to be there, or I needed someone to watch a movie, or just come and sit and be quiet, because sometimes... I don't want nobody to talk. Just yeah. sit here. Just sit with me until we figure out how I can move from this really low state mm -hmm. to, to a different place. Wow. Such important things you just actually highlighted there. Like you said, we do need to speak, create more awareness about how people can support the um, person or family member that has experienced a loss, but also rightfully saying that you learned how to ask for what you needed. And that's something we never don't do that much no and and honestly as women we are ashamed that yeah. we feel like our bodies cannot create mm -hmm. but if we are all believers or if we are believers then we know it is he that created us and not ourselves yes so when we understand that god is trying to to get us to understand something when we understand that he made no mistakes with us mm. we are not broken and that was something that I had to tell myself, I'm not a mistake. No. Because here I am, I got married. We didn't have sex before marriage. You know, we, we did it as much as the right way. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So why is it that we get to this point when we want to be fruitful and multiply, that we get to the point and we can't multiply? Why did you make me like this? Hmm. That, was, that was rough. But then, I mean, later on, I started to begin to speak over my womb. And of course, there were prophecies that said they're coming. But as years go on, it's not, you know, eight, nine years now, we're kind of like, well, it's obviously not going to happen because it hasn't happened yet. Um, but I began to say that my womb is blessed. Yes. I'm not broken. And that was life changing. Mm -hmm. And when I began to speak over my womb, then that was, I don't know. It just seems like the floodgates opened up and, and then I started to live life. 
you know, sometimes, especially on this journey, we could be so focused on, okay, we have to have sex on these days. Okay, we have, oh, yeah. to, this. <laughs> we have to do this. Okay, no, we can't. That's too much pressure. Yeah. Enjoy your husband. Let your husband enjoy his wife without being so, so worried. That, that plays a toll on your body as well. And, and not only just your body, your marriage. Yeah. Because doing, you know, infertility or, or recurrent miscarriages, oftentimes the focus is on the wife. But what about the husband? Hmm. The journey doesn't just affect one person. I remember my husband once um, during the second miscarriage when we delivered, he had to complete a birth and death certificate Oof. at the same moment. Wow. So we physically had our um, deceased sons there and in the presence of them still being there, he's filling out paperwork. What about him? Wow. Rough. Yeah. So be kind. Be kind to yourself. You are not, you or any woman that is under the sound of my voice is not broken. God did not make any mistakes when he made you. Thank you so much, Christina, for those powerful words. They're so encouraging because many times we wonder, we, we ask those questions you asked, why is this happening? Let's not even talk about like when we see our friends have babies. I know, two, three, four, without even trying. Without even trying. Or they don't even want their child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or we have brothers, like my brother um, delivered my niece maybe a month or two after I had my son. So it was hard for me. I mean, like this, this infertility and miscarriages, it's a big thing. It, it impacts everybody. It's not just you all. I mean, the, 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 the woman and the man, but it, it impacts a family. So I just wish we did stuff like this, stuff that you're doing more often so we can be aware and be a little more sensitive to what somebody else might be going through. Yeah. We certainly need more, need more awareness. Yes. Just letting people know they're not alone. Thank not you. Alone. I know you mentioned a little bit about it and your husband and his feelings as well. What role do you think that the whole journey and the recurrent losses, what role do you think it impacted or you had on your relationship, your marriage? Oh man, um, it was hard. Just a lot. And, and when we go through this, it doesn't just affect our ability to think about children and it affects our careers it affects how mm -hmm. we feel about ourselves our self-esteem you know what i'm saying um our marriage was good god was he was so gracious unto us and, and protected our marriage even though if i'm completely honest with everyone i wanted out because every time i looked at my husband i saw my son so i didn't want to see wow. that anymore. that's the stuff people don't talk about mm -hmm. you know how to how to stay married but he wasn't going, he was not going anywhere. He was, <laughs> he was committed to me. Um, he was committed to our marriage. Yeah. Um, and at one point he said, I would rather have you if that meant that you were okay versus you risking your life or if you had to risk your life to try to have kids. 
And meanwhile, mm -hmm. my focus was I want to have kids. So he was good mentally. And even now, it's difficult for him to talk about it sometimes. Yeah. Um, he doesn't cry now, but I can remember there are times when, um, and they will be rare, but maybe like once a year, he would just start crying um, if we started talking about it. Like it was yeah. just a lot. Because as much yeah. as I desired children, so did he. Yeah. Um, and so he would play with other kids and you could just tell mm -hmm. he was so good with, with a child. And, um, and so we actually got into the possibilities of adopting and we still want to adopt. Um, because that was something that we had to come to. What if God says, you're not gonna be able to have your biological kids, but that does not mean that you are, will not be parents. So we began to be open to the ways in which God wanted to move in our marriage. Um, and that brought us a lot of peace as a, as a union, but it was something that we had to work through. Um, we never blamed each other. We're never mad at each other. I always felt like he blamed me, but he didn't. I just felt bad, yeah. but he never blamed me. He always kept, he reminded me it was not my fault. You know, he was very, very kind, very kind. Um, something funny that happened. I mean, you know, this is heavy. So I kind of like to laugh. Mm -hmm. a bit. I yeah. remember the doctor telling me or telling Chad that he couldn't let me out of his sight after I had miscarried. So we went home and I wanted to go to the bathroom by myself. And so I would go to the bathroom and he's sitting on the shower, just looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> and he did for like, I don't know about a day. And then finally I said, Chad, that's his name, Chad. I said, Chad, I need to take a shower and I want to take it by myself. <laughs> yeah, but the doctor said you can't be alone. Chad, you gotta leave me alone. Give me a moment and let I'm you could fall out and pet. I'm gonna be okay. I and I you know, it, it was funny in the moment, and we yeah. both I mean you have to find ways to smile. Even yes. when your heart is broken. And so that we were so grateful for that little moment of laughing or um, and the other one, um, because this is heavy. And sometimes, you know, we have to find moments to laugh. I remember my parent, my dad, after the first miscarriage, asked me, what did I want to do? It, it was getting discharged from the hospital. And he said, what do you want to do? I said, daddy, I had a bad day. Just take me to Chick-fil-A. I yeah. have some sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> who asked for a chicken sandwich but apparently i didn't the day was rough and i just wanted chick-fil-a so yes and that's okay and, it, and everybody looked at me like is she okay yeah right no i'm fine just give me a chicken sandwich i'm gonna go to my room i'm probably gonna cry for the rest of the night mm. but I, I just need this chicken sandwich <laughs> <laughs> and, and that honestly that was funny too and I and even then in a moment though I was so heartbroken I had to laugh at myself because that was the most ridiculous thing to ask for but I, <laughs> I asked for Chick-fil-A because it was such a bad day um yeah. but yeah so and we have to look at those moments we have to find those little you, rays of light somehow and it's so hard to be on that journey it is so rough yes. um and, and you have to find moments to kind of like detach yourself from the focus mm -hmm. and, and, and enjoy the moment because yeah. it can weigh down on a marriage. And if you're not careful, it can drive a marriage apart. Yes. And that happens a lot, actually. 
It does. And the two people, great people. They love each other. But we, especially we as wives and husbands, we all have to understand that we handle um, grief differently. Yes. Um, and whereas I wanted to talk about my, my children, because I still consider them to be my children and my angel babies. So I wanted to talk about them. He didn't want to talk about them. I received healing through talking about it. I mean, there were times when I couldn't even talk about it without crying. Mm. He never wanted to talk about it. So that was difficult to navigate. He just didn't want to talk about it. Wow. So, yeah. It's different for each person. And every, we have to also learn to just respect our choices and our, you know, our different ways of grieving and whatever time we need to be able to do that as well. Absolutely. But it's Absolutely. hard sometimes because sometimes you say, well, why don't you want to do it this way? Why you not? Why don't you feel it the same way I'm feeling it? Why are you not talking about it? Why? And it's like, uh. Yes. Or even like the days that um, their birthdays. I remember mm-hmm. I, I remember the first two. I don't remember the days after that because they at some point they just happened so early and they and then so mm-hmm. frequently. Um, but I would want to celebrate their birthdays or every year, even now, around that time, I'm instantly sad. Yeah. And I have kids now. So I don't want anybody to think once you have children, it erases it all because it does. How, how did your faith help? Oh, man. My faith saved my life. Yeah. I remember um, the second miscarriage. I, I was in a hospital building and pretty high up. Yeah. And I remember looking over to the yeah. next building and I said to myself, if I could just make it to the top of the building, I would jump. Wow. I did not want to live anymore. And then I decided I couldn't do that because my pastor was there, my husband was there, my parents were there. They weren't going to let me go anywhere. Um, So I said, okay, I guess that's not an option today. Um, And then in that moment, I had like an encounter. Like it was almost as if the devil said to me, he did say, where is your God now? Where is he? Mm. And it's funny because in that moment, I could have said, there is no God. But I never said that. All I said was, I just don't know. Because I didn't. Mm. I don't know where he is. I don't know why he would even allow this to happen to me. I did what he told me to do. Yeah. And, um, and so shortly after that, like, even though I didn't want to keep going there was something inside of me that made me go on and that something was my faith i believe the scripture when it said i will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living which meant that if i took my life if i ended it i forfeited the goodness of the lord in this place and if he had me go through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven miscarriages. I would have to endure that to see what he promised me. And I was not, I was going to, you said Jesus or God, that this is what she was going to do. Now you got to show it to me because I have been through too much. It better be something bigger than a piece of bubble gum because this is crazy. Yeah. And sure enough, he came through. 
And whether it was going to be adoption or whatever, Chad and I were going to have a child by any means necessary. Legally, of course, I do want yeah. to say that. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, of course. But no, seriously, like faith was everything. It was there when I didn't want to do anything. It was there when I didn't want to keep going. Um, it reminded me of, of what my what I was supposed to be doing and that was keep going. I remember when I had put the Bible down and then finally I picked it up. I turned to um, 1 Samuel chapter, well, I think it's 1. Maybe not one, um, but it talked about the story of Samuel's birth. I'm pretty sure it's one now um, about his birth and how his mother, Hannah, desired children, but was unable to have them. And um, her husband's second wife was just popping them out. Oh, yeah. And so when I realized that Hannah went to the temple, prayed, we all know the story. Um, mm -hmm. And if not, read it because it is so encouraging and she left it all it on the altar. Eventually she had her son who went on to do great things and was actually part of, you know, opening the entryway for Jesus to come through, which mm -hmm. meant that the child or the children or the child that I was destined to have was not going to be any old child. And that's not an indictment against my children that came forth, but what God wanted to bring was something, someone special. Now, not to mention Hannah's story, she went on to have a whole basketball team. Of kids. <laughs> she had like yeah. five more kids after school. <clears throat> so sometimes we have to understand that what we're seeking God for is he wants to give it, but we have to be ready to handle it. Could she have handled the one when she asked for him or the six that she was going mm -hmm. to get? I don't know. But um, faith was everything. I would not be where I am in my right seven miscarriages and I'm in my right and able to laugh exactly and have joy that's nothing but God even now I could look at my kids and be upset that the other seven aren't here but I'm grateful I'm grateful for the journey I great I'm grateful for what God taught me I'm grateful for what he showed me and I'm ultimately grateful for who he is. So if he can do that for me, yeah, I know he can do it for somebody else. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I like that you touched on adoption. Um, and I just think that perhaps sometimes in our communities, we don't speak about options that might be available. Um, there's so many different paths to becoming a parent. Mm -hmm. I just think we need to speak about it more, not necessarily forcing a person to change their desired option, but just let them know there are other paths that you might want to consider. Absolutely. There are so many children out there who for, or parents for whatever reason or children that are just in the unfortunate circumstances that just cannot be placed with their parents or their parents can't take care of them why not we're asking god for something and god is like here but it's because the way that we don't want it that's why we say no or because what society will say because we've adopted a child god has adopted us yes 
So why not? And we, we still want to adopt. Um, and, and I think it's important to do so because there's no child that should be without a parent. We all have extra love that we can give around. So mm-hmm. it is it is imperative that we be open, not even just with fertility, but just in life. Be open to how God wants to move in your life. Allow God to be God in your life instead of you trying to be God. God, no, I have to have this baby. It's got to come from me. And God's like, no, you need to do this a little bit differently because if you have this child, it might kill you. Because there are conditions that if women have children, it is detrimental to their health. So maybe we should be open to how we do this. Or maybe we should consider adoption and there is nothing wrong with that. I have great friends who have been adopted. There's nothing wrong with adoption. It, I mean, if you think about it, if you without or without a parent, what would you want as a child? Yeah. As a six-year-old child, yeah. you want family. And if you had, if you've gone for without a parent for long, parents long enough, you don't care that it's not your blood. Mm. So why does it matter? Why do we have to tell God how we want to be blessed? Yeah. God would give you permission to be God. Amen. Last time I checked, he, he doesn't need your help. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so we we actually, and I honestly had to come to the conclusion at several times that I just was not meant to have a child. Maybe God wanted me to do something else. And I'm not, I'm not saying go on and do it and end up in a um in an Ishmael situation, you know what I'm saying? Because oh, yeah. I'm forcing a plan, but I'm saying pray and seek God and have him tell you what he desires for you. Because he may say adoption is, is what's good. That's no different than a biological child. Especially if that's going to be your only avenue to parenthood. So you deny yourself happiness because of that? Mm. I pray not. But, that, but it's up to everybody else. I can't yes. determine that for you. That That's your opinion to do so, but... Yes. I we just need to speak more about it. Let's let people know their options. Absolutely. There and, yeah. and it's it's not anything to be ashamed about. No, it's not. Not nothing to be ashamed. Yeah. Thank you. And I know now you said you're in ministry. Uh and some of the uh, when we spoke about the losses and how we can impact your well-being and mental health as well. I just wonder in ministry, I mean, when we're experiencing losses, do you think that perhaps we should also be looking at counseling either within the church or outside just to have those deal with? Absolutely. You have to realize um, what's best for you, Mm. whether it's impacting your day-to-day life and you cannot even brush your teeth or wash your face or um, put on clothes or go talk to friends. Prayer is good. But a therapist is good too. You need Jesus. But a lot of us need a therapist as well. And there's nothing where all of us could exactly. use a session with a therapist and there's nothing. Who doesn't need somebody? Us women, we listen to problems day in and day out. My question is, who listens to you? Yes. So it is imperative 
that you take your health into your hands, especially mentally, because that stress affects your body, mm. leading to you know anxiety issues, depression, and I know like in the black community here, you know we want to pray it away, and that's good. Mm. I'm not. I'm one. We could pray. We can. Mm. But there's also a component that if you need help, seek the help. When we want to figure out what's wrong with our bodies or um, our, our uterus and stuff, we go see an OBGYN. Why can we not get pregnant? Pregnant? What is the issue? So if something mentally wrong, should we not go seek help as well? Exactly. It is imperative, especially if you know you find yourself not being able to function and you've been praying for some time, maybe you should seek counseling. And so um, I'll have to be transparent. I never did. Um, it, 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 the, the, the rough period probably lasted about a month afterwards. And I was in church so much that, that I, I didn't. But if I could go back, I would. And even now, I will be speaking to someone um, because the journey shapes the person you are today. Yeah. But the person you'll become tomorrow sometimes it's based on your past experiences. Mm -hmm. So for instance, my diagnosis, and I don't mind sharing because I feel like we learn from one another. I have what is called an incompetent cervix. So basically my cervix is weak. And when the baby grows, it gets too heavy and my cervix opens up and I deliver a baby. Right. But what I held on to was the label incompetent, which meant I felt like well, I can't have a baby, so I can't do anything else. Mm. But what if I would have stopped that? And even now, you know, I'm working to, to um, just put myself out there and not worry about what if it doesn't work. Because, you know, during this journey, it doesn't work so much. And so we get so accustomed to stuff not working. Yeah, you start to believe it and internalize yeah. it. And it spills over to other areas of our lives and we don't even recognize it. So what if we stopped it? I'm all for it, therapist. Yeah. All for it. I agree. We all should get one at some point. Everybody. Yes. And I think we need to change that word as well, incompetent cervix. I don't like the word. Can I tell you? I did. And I had to say, instead of it saying that, I'm competent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, that it was horrible. Oof, yeah. So now God made me weak. He made my cervix weak and that's what he decided to do. Why would he do that? But I'm reminded of a story in the Bible where um, a father brought his son um, and the disciples were like, um, master, who caused this sin? Was it his mother? Was it the father? Mm. Who sinned? Jesus said, no one, but that the son of man be glorified. What we're carrying our things that we may think are weaknesses sometimes mm. are a result of God needing to get the glory out of our lives. Oh, yes. Amen. And that's what it's about. Sometimes mm. we call it on ourselves, too. But in yeah. some <laughs> that too. <laughs> and, and infertility, mm. most of us did not make this issue be. Yep. We don't know why. But I really feel that God is using us um, so that he can get the, the glory out of our lives. Right. And do you think you became a minister because of 
your journey? Or well, do you have done that anyway? Oh, you got a good one. Um, <laughs> I actually, so God has always spoke to me differently. I, I do believe I would have. Hmm. I feel like I'm more passionate now because I've seen what he's done in my life. Um, I've always spoke about the goodness of the Lord. I've always talked about different, like everyday situations and how it relates to God. Like it comes naturally, hmm. but I think it's something different when you experience his, his, um, his miracles for yourself. And now anytime I can, especially on clubhouse, I will get in a woman <laughs> say, like, I think I met you. That's how you what I'm talking about. But I saw daughters and Hannah, and I had to come in here and tell you guys what he did for me. You know, um, it makes me more confident in speaking of him because I've seen it for myself. Yeah. So, yes, long answer. Yes, I would have done it. Um, but I definitely did it now that I that he did. He he was working in my life in a different way. And I could tell. So, yeah. Wonderful. Amen. And if you could go back in time to, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15, not, no, actually not 10, before you got married, before you met your husband. Okay. Back to that, Christina, what would you tell her? If you could go back down and tell younger Christina or something, what of advice? I would tell her to don't focus on having a child so much. Mm. Enjoy your life. Because if we believe God and believe him at his word, then that which he has spoken over us will come to pass. So yeah. why are we worried about something that's guaranteed? Live, love, laugh, eat some good food. <laughs> yes, <Hey. laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> hey, but enjoy life. Yeah. And when you're married, enjoy your husband. Take a step away from the discussions of everything that you have going on in terms of fertility. Enjoy, laugh. Because you just, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I wish I could tell myself, don't spend the next 10 years of your life focusing on one thing. Because now that I have a child or children, what do I do? You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. continue to focus on the other fields that God has blessed you to steward over. Mm. And it'll happen. And if it doesn't happen, there's always adoption and there's no shame in that. So in other words, it will still happen. Enjoy life. Thank you. Enjoy. Sometimes we're so focused on a destination that we, we neglect yeah. the journey. Yeah. And the journey is where we're supposed to get the lessons. It wasn't about the destination. That's Focus on the journey. Enjoy the journey. Start your business. Yeah. Focus on something else. Do all those things you want to do. Do it. Because let me tell you, <laughs> it's a miracle they haven't started coming in here now, baby. You, know, <laughs> you won't be able to go to the bathroom by yourself. You won't be able to eat by yourself. Everything is oh wide open. You open a bag of chips. They want everything. <laughs> Enjoy your quiet. You can take a nap when you want to. You can wake up when you want to. You're not on somebody else's schedule. The other day, I will... I didn't go to sleep till five o'clock in the morning because oh, between wow. the two of them, somebody was always up. <laughs> so I said all that to say, focus, just enjoy life. I know that it may be difficult to receive because I quote unquote have my children, but I remember what it's like. And now that I'm on the other side, I would hope that I wish I could have told myself, focus on other stuff. Hmm. 
Because now that once you get there, what you gonna do? Yeah. And here I am. <laughs> this is you know this is what I'm doing. So please, women, if you don't hear nothing else, I say, open yourselves up to enjoy the life that God has granted you. With. Enjoy it, because it's simply beautiful. You're blessed. You are alive. Yeah. Things may not be perfect, but you have most of what you need and some of your wants. Don't let the one thing you desire ruin the rest of your life. Appreciate Love that. Yeah. Love all of it. Thank you. And can you share a quote or a word of affirmation that helped you during the journey? I would have to say Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all thine ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. I love that one. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah, that's it. And he always does. Always directs our path. Always. Mm -hmm. He has never failed this year. Yeah. You may think he has. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm completely honest, it feels like he's forgotten us. Mm. But the Bible also says that the steps of a good man are ordered. Yes. This process is taking you somewhere. And if you could just hold on, you will see the salvation of the Lord in your life. I, yeah. Just hold on. I trust God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And as a wrap up, can you share any word of encouragement? to any person listening or a couple listening who are currently dealing with infertility? Hang on. It's not, um, it's not fun, but I promise you that if you are a believer in God, God will do that which he has spoken on to you. Um, it's difficult, but there are women out there who have shared your same journey and who've also made it to the other side. And you will be that person. Be open to how God wants to move in your life and your marriage and enjoy the ride because it really is beautiful. Hang on, it gets better. And if I can help, inbox me on, on Instagram, you know, whatever I can do, I understand and even I, I, I offer myself. Thank you so much. How can I reach you? Is it just an Instagram at Instagram for my okay. inbox for now? Um, and also my email address, which I can give and you can. Yes, I put in the details. Well. Okay. Um, I will also give that to you as well. Perfect. Thank you so much, Christina. It's been amazing having you on here on the show. Thank you. you for having me. This is awesome. Your words, your story has been so encouraging. I know that I have been inspired, have been encouraged. I know that many people listening feel the same way. Uh, we just know take your advice, take your words to live life, to enjoy the moment, to do all the things as we work towards our goal of becoming a mom in whatever way God might have it destined for us. Absolutely. Be open because God's going to bless you. Yes, he will. Amen. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank it's been you. a pleasure having you on here. We look forward to having you again in the near future. Love to come back. And yes, see you on Clubhouse again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 
Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.